It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello friends, welcome back to Murder Mile. Of course, as mentioned last week, uh, this is not a regular Murder Mile. I'm currently away doing all the research, ready for the rest of the episodes uh, in the Murder Mile series. But this is part two of New Blue. Hope you enjoyed it. That was part one last week and part three next week. Uh, As always, this is a discussion with my good friend Paul. He is a serving policeman in the Metropolitan Police. Uh, And what we did last week, we dived into um, all of his training that he did as a policeman. Next week, we're going to focus on his just his regular day as a policeman. But today's episode is all about his firsts. Everything that he did for the first time as a brand new probationary policeman in that very crucial first year at the Metropolitan Police. Um, Just to say, uh, at the very start of the episode, we do open some beers and we do the same at the end. So uh, if you don't like the sound of people glugging, might be worth fast forwarding by uh, just just a wee swidge. Um, And at the end of this episode, of course, is a tiny, tiny bit of extra mile, but mostly with a quiz. So please do stay for the end of the episode. It's a little bit of fun. Um, Just as a warning, um, this is an unedited interview. Um, It may contain some blue words, i.e. some fruity language. And not all of the opinions may fully reflect the Metropolitan Police. Ladies and gentlemen, here is New Blue, Part 2. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Cheers. And here is a sound you might remember. Frothy. Oh, Oh, lovely. As you can tell, we're we're just having a little Uh, bit of a pintage. Uh, I am having a Caffrey's. And I am having a Guinness. Well, there's surprise, isn't it? (laughs) Extra stout, dark and lively. Lovely, lovely jubbly. Just found what's going on my gravestone. (laughs) That that is your your, uh, dinner. Yeah, my my sign. Well, I don't drink it as much as I used to, but my my signature um, tipple. Yes. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> so, Paul, welcome back. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, slap o'clock. Lovely. <sighs> ah, refreshing. Thanks for having me back. No, you're more than welcome. You're more than welcome. So, uh, uh, firsts. Mm. We're going to dive into firsts. Yeah. Uh, your first year as a policeman. So you've just come out of training. Yeah. You've done thirteen weeks at mm. Hendon. Uh, what up next? Do you, do do you decide where you're going to be posted? Well, when you first apply for the police, yeah, uh, you are asked uh, six different boroughs in London. Uh, was it six? Yeah, I think it was six different boroughs in London that you'd like to work in. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't want to work in the borough that I live in. Some people do, uh, but the idea of you know waiting in the doctor's surgery or being in the local ASDA or just having a drink on a night <laughs> off, and it's like, oh, I. I nicked you for beating up your wife last uh, week. Um, just doesn't appeal to me. Uh, I didn't want to work in the borough that I grew up in. Okay. Uh, just personally. There's no reason why you can't, but I just thought I, I wanted to try and experience a bit more of London. Um, so I put, I think I put f- uh, one borough that I knew relatively well in the west side of London and the other five boroughs that I just never worked in. And I thought, can I physically, because I don't drive, yeah. can I physically get there for work? Uh, in the end, I didn't get any of the ones I asked for. 
uh, I got the one I'm on, uh, which is uh, a neighbouring borough to where I grew up, so I know very well. Uh, and yeah, so you're literally told you get shot, you get uh, when you become a police officer, you get shoulder numbers. Yeah, and those shoulder numbers are made up with a number. Yeah, and also the prefix of the borough that you work on. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, I, I got my shoulder number, and I was like, oh, I didn't pick this one. Oh well, uh, you you very much go where you needed. Yeah, uh, they are very sympathetic. I have friends who they were put in one borough, and mm. within a couple of weeks, they're like, "Look, I feasibly cannot make an early turn, or I can't get home on a night shift." Uh, so they're very understanding. Yes, but to a certain degree, you'll go where you're told to. Great. Yeah. Did, uh, do you think it really? Because you born and bred in London, do you mm. think that really helped you? Um, I'd say yes, because I know most of London f- relatively well. Yeah, I'm not very big on East London. Yeah. Uh, if you ask, because I don't drive, I operate the cars a lot. If you ask a lot of my drivers if it's a good thing that I know the where I, I know the borough very well. Uh, yeah, I know very well to stagger around whilst pissed, but trying to get a car down the road is always fun. With your um, GPS kebab. Yeah, with no, well, Google Maps, Google Maps. <laughs> so GPS, GPS kebab, just point, pointing the chili in the right direction. <laughs> Um, so uh, one thing I should have said at the start. Uh, mm-hmm. So when you became a policeman, yeah. uh, you were issued a uniform. Yes. Uh, is that all standard? Yes. Um, so what does it entail, your uniform? Uh, well, patrol trousers, patrol shirt, mm-hmm. tie. Uh, I'm guessing they're quite itchy and heavy. because they look uh, heavy? The, the, the uniform itself isn't. It's quite cheap polyester so it's not oh, too bad yeah it's not too heavy but it, you know. it looks like it gets quite warm it does get quite warm it does get quite warm especially the weather we've had at the moment has been a bit sweltering so you get that you get a, a beat helmet which everyone's familiar with it, uh and a patrol cap which is more of a peaked military cap what what's the difference between them and why would you wear one not the other the beat helmet is more ceremonial, I think, in this day and age. Okay. Um, that That's the kind of the big conical thing that the people probably... <laughs> I wasn't going to say that, the, the but yeah. Head, yeah. That people um, are kind of used to as a yeah. typical British policeman. Yeah. Uh, that's that's very much seen as more ceremonial than anything else now. Yeah. You will see a lot of officers in Westminster wearing them because, you know, it's very much associated yes. with the Metropolitan Police. But more often than not, I'll wear the patrol cap, which is more of a like a peaked military cap. Yes. Um, and of course you've got your belt that's got your baton your spray your handcuffs your taser if you're a taser trained officer are these all your personal ones or do, or do you just go to like a, 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 a like an armament store or something everything apart from the taser is personal issue oh okay so uh, you keep it all in yeah. your locker yeah that's all in your locker um, you're not allowed to there are certain circumstances you can take them home like if you're going to another borough or if you're going to training but no they they, they all stay in, in there and of course your, your met vest your stab vest is is that really stab proof yes uh, is it heavy? It looks like it is. It's stab proof and to a certain degree and to a certain calibre bulletproof. Oh, wow. Yeah, but not... I mean, it's Kevlar. Yeah. But... Uh, and that that basically covers just, just your main vital y- organs? Yeah, your main vital organs, basically. Um, so, so you've got a shirt, you've got a stab vest, yeah. and then on top of that you have your... If you wear a jacket or a fleece, um, mm. there's also in the winter months you have a, what we call a NATO jumper, which is a woolen jumper, which is not issue anymore but i managed to find one i just i love wearing it because it looks quite smart um so yeah that's where you went i mean the stab vest um i mean i'm quite a big lad so my stab vest is quite bulky and i remember i was talking to this uh with a friend the other day i took it home from work one day because i think i was going training somewhere yeah and um i still had all my bits and bobs in it so you have paperwork and clips and pens and uh, a torch and all these kind of things and I took it home, and uh, my, my my wife at the time said, oh, can I try it on? I went, yeah, of course, carry on. And she put it on, and she was like, oh, my God, this is heavy. <laughs> I went, yeah, but you sort of get used to it. Mm. But she then, she said, right, I want to I want to find this out. So she, she disappeared and came back in the room, and she went, I've just put that on and got on the scales. I weigh a stone heavier. <gasps> so this thing is a stone. Wow. So, I mean, I can believe it. I don't, they're not all that bit much, but it's proportionate. Mine's probably that heavy because it's got all the stuff and it's built to mm. fit me. But yeah, you don't realise how much shit you carry around on a regular basis. Wow. So what, So you've got your radio? I have a radio yeah. and you have a body-worn camera. So, so does that... I take it you've got like a backup pack of like a battery and memory? No, the, um, the, the camera... Uh, 
it's self-charging. So when you finish your shift, you put it on a charge. Okay. And that also downloads all the footage to it. Oh, wow. Okay. All the footage from it to a main database. Yeah. Uh, that will, uh, unless there's a reason you you actually have the camera on and filming for yeah. a long period of time, that will last for the full shift, which is normally about nine hours. Do you have to switch it on at the start or is it automatic? Um, the cameras are always rolling. The cameras are recording on a 30 second, I think it's a 30 second time lap. Okay. But what you do is you physically turn them on. Yeah. So they're always recording, but they'll just delete it unless you let the camera know you want something filmed. Um, oh, so it's not recording everything throughout the day. No, 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 no. You no. choose the moment. Well, it is recording, but it just deletes it if you're, but you, you press a button to activate it. So it'll actually keep what it's recording. So if you know that you're approaching a, a situation yeah. or something, you will, you I will just go clip pop. it, t tap it straight away. Um, there's, there's several situations which you have to have your camera on, yeah. such as stop and searching someone, okay. such as arrest. Um, there's certain things, certain offenses and certain allegations, which you cannot record, uh, for, I won't go into detail, but yeah. for reasons best, best known. Um, and the battery and the radio should theoretically last your shift, but you know, it, it depends, uh, things like obviously well, while we're recording this now, is just after what would have been Notting Carnival weekend yep. and two weeks of action from Extinction Rebellion. Yep. So people are coming in and out of your station on a regular basis. So batteries were like rocking horse shit. Wow. Um, so you might find one that's not fully charged, but you just put it in in the hope that someone comes in after you, plugs it into the thing. So the radios are yours and the body warns are yours. They, they stay in your locker. Okay. Uh, well, no, no. As I said, the body warn is docked into like a big port in a wall so they're like there's a serial number on them and they know exactly that it, it's yes, yours it's, yes yours it's yours it's, it's you know as is the radio the radio has a radio number it's almost like a mobile phone number oh wow yeah. okay um boots I'm, I'm getting they're just standard oh uh, you don't get issued boots you have to buy your own you don't get they don't issue boots why? it's a bugbear it's a very big bugbear i don't know um why i don't know i think they used to be issued i think it's also people have personal preferences okay. because i mean i've got a pair of boots that um I think they cost £35 and they're fine. Uh, some people go out and buy these like expensive makes like Altberg and, and um, oh, I can't remember the other one. Uh, I will buy like military grade like SBS or SAS boots for like 150, 160 quid. You can do it and obviously they offer a good set of sturdiness but you know, in this day and age, it's not Bobby on the beat. You're in a car for the majority of your day. Oh, okay. So, you know, you're not going to wear and tear it too much. That's interesting. Um, are you ever really on the beat or are you always kind of going somewhere? I have been on foot patrol, yeah, uh, especially earlier on when I first started. But um, most of the time now, just for simplicity's sake and ease sake, you are you and a you and a driver or a driver and you, depending on your skills, yeah. will be in a car together all day. Okay, on your way to kind of pre-assigned. Oh, you know, to Pret-a-Manger, Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> uh, yeah, to pre-assigned calls. I mean, I, I work on a response team. So basically, yeah. when someone rings 999, it goes to the control centre and they send it to whatever borough the call is referred to. And then mm. it's literally, we have a call, make your way. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, so your first day as yeah. a policeman, do you remember it? Vividly, vividly. Uh, I believe... It was the 3rd of December 2017. Holy moly. 3rd or 4th of December, actually. Um, and it was an early shift, so I had to be into the station at 7 o'clock in the morning. Um, it was myself and two others who'd come from Hendon with me, but they weren't in my class, so I didn't know them well. Yeah. And we went straight to team. Now, what sometimes happens, or which happens in the majority, is that you go from Hendon to your borough, mm. and you do what they call street duties. So it'll be a class of you with a couple of lecturers, uh, teachers, yeah. which will be just constables who, you know, the, in the teaching side. And they'll take you out, they'll, you'll go to cases, you'll go to incidents and you'll deal with them, sort of slow time. Yeah. So you've got someone looking after you. But in my case, which I actually preferred, I was what was called coach patrol. So what that, happened, what that meant was my first five or six weeks, I was with one person. Oh, wow. And we took calls. So it's literally you were you, you pushed into the deep end, but that person is someone who's trustworthy, knows what they're doing, and they have a bit of autonomy. Mm. It's not like you're right. You're going to go and do this. You're going to do that. They'll they'll go to a sergeant or a, an inspector and go, right. Arsenal Guinness needs to improve on this particular kind. So we'll go to those kind of calls. Oh, great! Or Arsenal Guinness hasn't done this yet, and yeah. that call's just come up. So we'll go and do that. Oh wow. Yeah. 
That must have been really useful, actually, kind of having I, bespoke I enjoyed training. it. I enjoyed it. I think if you've only got a few people, because there's intakes from, from Hendon every... I want to say month. It might even be shorter than that. Yeah. So there's, sometimes you have 30 people joining joining a, a borough. Sometimes you have three. Yeah. So it all depends on what the necessity is at the time. Oh, wow. God. Um, in your first year, were there any laws that kind of surprised you? That you were like, I didn't know that was illegal? Not really. Um, have you experienced them all anyway? I've, yeah. I've, I've, <laughs> I've committed every crime. There is. Um, not really. There were certain things where you didn't realise what the punishment was so, could be so severe. But, um, yeah, there was nothing that I was, I was going, what? you're not allowed to take that out in a park? Oh, who knew? You're not allowed to urinate. I'm a criminal. Um, yeah, so nothing really, really shocked or surprised me. There were certain laws that haven't been held up. And I remember when I first started, we'd heard about... Uh, Arresting someone for having a crossbow, or arresting someone for theft of a hovercraft, and I just wanted to—I really, I really want to arrest someone for one of those two things. <laughs> is it on your list of to-do's? It's on my list of to-do's. Yeah. Nice, nice. Here's one. Um, do you remember your first arrest? Yes, I do. I do vividly. Uh, it was a very, very large man uh, who I needed to get two pairs of cuffs and cuff them together to get his hands behind his back. Uh, yeah, he was Moldy. he was a monster of a man. He did he put up a fight? I take it. No, surprisingly, but uh, yeah, I mean, when you go to certain things, you get a lot of intelligence. So if that person is known to police for whatever reason, you will be told what that is. So you'll mm. you'll prepare yourself for the best, the worst, the best way to deal with things. Uh, and I was told this man was uh, a bit of a handful. So four of us went for the arrest. And uh, yeah, I, I arrested him. And it was funny because you just you're just trying to stumble yourself through. You take your time, you breathe. But when you arrest someone, as I said in the first episode, you are injury. You know, you are. Mm. It's it's a human rights issue. You have to have just cause to be doing what mm. you're doing. So you have to have grounds for the arrest, mm. and then you have to give the reasons for the arrest. Because sometimes arrest isn't necessary. Yeah, people think it's all about you know banging cuffs on people, going you'll nick my son, mm. which to-do list never said it want to say it um <laughs> but um yeah i mean there has to be reasons for the arrest because there's other ways of dealing with things there's things we call community resolutions what's that it's where you you might agree with a victim depending on the, the nature of the crime that you yeah. might say to victim right we'll record a crime but we're not going to arrest this person but we're going to do rest restorative justice so if they've stolen something they've given it back intact if it's something to do with drugs, they will no longer take. You know, there's there's loads of different ways. If you know, if it's if it's a low level crime, then it's a good way of dealing with it because it's still recorded right. as an incident. You know, um, there's things where D does that not get put on that person's record? Is that kind of a bonus? It, it's as well? on there, but you know, if you did a a, 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 a quick criminal check, it wouldn't come up because it wouldn't be recognised as a criminal offence. If they went for a job where there was a, a higher level of vetting, yeah teaching nursing things like that yeah pardon me oh guinness um <laughs> uh then it would come up uh but you know you say to people this is this will happen yeah uh there's things where you can do a caution interview yeah uh where you don't necessarily arrest but if 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 it the suits the situation suits you can arrange for the the suspect if you will to come into a station and give an interview uh without being arrested that might be if there's issues with you know because, you know, sometimes it does happen that you have a suspect who's 80 years old and in a wheelchair. Yeah. And it's just not conducive to take that person into a, a police yeah. cell. Uh, or there might be childcare issues. Or there might be more questions that need to be answered before you could go to arrest. So, yeah. Oh, wow. so you have to have reasons. You have to have grounds. Um, and you have to caution someone. And the first time you arrest someone, trying to get the wording of the caution right, because it's and also your brain is. I didn't do it, but I've seen people start going into like CSI or. Oh or yeah. You have the right to remain silent. Miranda rights, the American way, which yeah. is rubbish. What, what's what's our way? The proper way. Uh, you do not have to say anything, but it may harm your defence if you do not mention when questioned something which you later rely on in court. Anything you do say may be used in evidence. Yeah. So that's the caution. And, and does it have to be exact? No, every time? it doesn't have to be word for word. You just have to get the gist of it. Okay. Um. I saw someone sent me a tweet of a YouTube clip of someone arresting someone and he literally, because of the situation, he, he just bangs cuffs on me and goes, <laughs> and literally like that, it's hilarious. But uh, officially it's, um, you know, as long as the wording can be understood. Okay. 
Does does the person you're arresting have to acknowledge that they've understood it, or is it just as long as you've said it and they've heard if it? If you've said it and it's clear, because yeah. obviously, as I said, arrest is one of the situations where your body worn must be on. Mm. If you can, if it can be clearly seen that you haven't just done the, yeah. or you haven't just mumbled it, you know, if you can see that the person has seen your lips move, yeah. the only situation where it might be different is there's a language barrier or they're intoxicated. But most of the time, as long as you have, it can be seen that you have clearly said the yes. words to the person. Um, obviously, once someone's been cautioned, if they say anything after that, you know, you've said to them anything you do say may be used in evidence. Do you have to take that down afterwards? What they say, yeah. If it's of a, if it's if it's of a significant nature, okay. If they say something like, "Yeah, I did do it. I killed the fucker," <laughs> or "No, I didn't call him this," yeah. or "No, I didn't take fucking anything. I wasn't here. I was in another town." Um, do you, so, yeah. do, do, so do you rely on your body-worn camera for that, or do you have to get your notebook out? Um, bits of both, really. Obviously, with the days of body-worn cameras, it sort of negates. We, we, we still all have pocketbooks, which we uh, we have to carry with us at all times. I will try and write as much down as I can. Yeah. And what you might, you know, one of the things you're, you're encouraged to do, even though it's on body-worn, is if someone said it, when they've calmed down, if they've said something very significant, you will offer them to say, right, I have it on body-worn. You have, see, you said that to me. Are you willing to sign that to say that you said that? Oh. They can, someone can refuse to sign, but you can offer it to them. So, so is it an actual physical notebook? Yeah, it's a pocketbook. But you, you also have an iPad as well, don't you? I have a tablet. I have a tablet. Um, so what's that for? That's for everything. Oh. So it, it all depends on the situation. Uh, it's all about time, timescape and everything. But a lot of our, a high majority of our work, which we'll probably talk about in the third episode, is paperwork. Oh, so you need that tablet for the for the very nature of paperwork. I think you uh, you told me a very lovely yeah. story before about a, 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 an elderly lady. Which one was that? You you were uh, you were uh, you were. I, I was talking to Paul ages ago about when he, you actually get the time to do paperwork because yeah, yeah. like you're obviously running between jobs yeah. and things like that, and you found a little moment in time where you you and your oh yes yeah. yes yes i was um i was with my friend uh we were in a car it's a sunday evening and we were the late shift so that's two till 11 and uh we'd been running around all day and we finally got five minutes about nine o'clock and we didn't want to go back to the police station because there's a finite amount of desks and chairs and we thought well, we've got our tablets we'll just sit here and do our updates here so we're sitting in the car so it's January, February, uh, it's quite cold. It's obviously, it's nine o'clock at night, so it's quite dark already. And we're both sitting in the car and we're both on our tablets. So he's in the driver's seat, I'm in the passenger seat. And this old lady just walks past and does the old lady tut very loudly. <laughs> and had a go at us for obviously just playing on our phones or playing <laughs> games on our iPads. And you, you, at what point you can't really say, no, look, look what I'm doing. But yeah, she, she was literally, you could tell she was going, what's the world coming to? <laughs> We're paying these police, and they're just sitting there playing their bloody games. And you're like, oh, I'm putting a report. <laughs> classic, classic. Um, do you remember your first foot chase? Have you? Do you do foot Ooh, chases? I, yeah, well, I've, I've only really had one foot chase in four years, and it was only about less than a year ago. And it was a guy. I remember he he'd been arrested, and I was I was the operator of the police van. So when someone gets arrested, we take him to police van to custody. And someone had arrested someone in a block of flats. And as they came down the stairs, they'd managed to slip the, the control of the person who was holding them. And they ran across the road. So handcuffed mm -hmm. in, the, in the back. So they have their hands bare on their back. I just ran across the main road. Wow. And I ran, I ran after him. And I think he was shocked that someone had run after him. So he literally about, he turned the corner and he sort of stopped and looked at him and went, all right. It's like, well, we weren't going, what did you think we were going to do? Do you think we we're going to let you go? See, I, I, I haven't had a proper foot chase, so to speak. Whether I'm confident I could do it, I haven't got a clue. <laughs> it's, uh, so they're not that common, really. Is, is that something that you tend not they, to do? They are and they're not. I think it all depends on the situation. I think you've got to be very realistic because sometimes when people run, they're running for the reason that they know where they're going. Yeah. And if you go in any, you know, not just the borough I work on, but any borough in London has these estates that are rat runs. And if you have little gang, you know, little gang nominals, little kids who all work together, or you know, older guys who know what they're doing, uh, they will allow a police officer to, to chase them, and then it's almost like that scene in Jurassic Park, you know, like clever girls, you know, it's like that. The you Velociraptors know? from yeah, you, either you, side. You run down a little thin alleyway, and then when you get to the Shit. other side, and oh, there's all his mates. 
Yeah. Or to use a vernacular much better than I love when Han Solo runs down the corridor and then runs back with about ah! 30 stormtroopers. Yeah, that one. <laughs> I guess that go, probably goes back to the days of PC Blaylock, wasn't it? The, yes. Uh, yeah. The uh, Tottenham riots. Yeah. Was that uh, for uh, uh, people who don't remember? This was uh, they were, I think it was late seventies, mm. early eighties. Policemen went into uh, an estate. Broadwater in, Farm. Well remembered. Went into Broadwater Farm. He was I think he was by himself at the time. He mm. got cornered and he got horrifically murdered. So I think uh, maybe from that point onwards, the police were like quite. Well, rightly, we're very we're very strict in our rules. Um, you don't go anywhere by yourself. Yes. Uh, and we used to do foot patrol. Yeah. We still do it, but in groups. So there's always, you know, you're in twos, but there's always, you know, someone else around you can mm. see. Um, but, you know, you don't go anywhere by yourself. It's just not worth it. Not worth it. And I guess because we live in an era now where there's cameras almost everywhere. Yeah. You probably almost don't need to. Yeah. I mean, most of the time, whenever we get called to a job, you'll actually hear on the radio go, you know, CCTV. And you'll have someone in the CCTV of the, the local council. Yeah. And you'll say to them, have you got any any cameras covering Smith Road, Junction of Jones Road? Nice. And if they say yes, you know, if it's one of these swivel cameras, they can go in. Or they might go, yes, we have. Why? And you say, well, this has happened five minutes ago. Can you have a look at the footage and stuff oh, like that? Wow. So, you know, there's things that can help us. In your, I'm going to sound like such, such a yokel now. In your police car, <laughs> yeah. Do you have the computer where you can type in people's names and get all their data? Yes, we have. We have access to the PNC database. Oh, nice. Uh, we have little tablets, much like the ones that we carry, are actually mounted in the cars, so you can get all the information you need on the, on the way to a call. Because as you can, we have two. Well, we have several grades of call, but the two main ones we have are I grades and S grades. So I grade is immediate grade. Mm. And S grade is uh, standard, I think, if I remember rightly. If an I grade comes through, you have 15 minutes to get there. Wow. If an S grade comes through, you have an hour to get there. So obviously, if we have a domestic incident or we have a, a, a burglary where the suspects are still in, or you know, we're being told that someone standing outside a police uh, a tube station is getting punched to buggery, uh, then that will be an I grade. We'll, we'll make progress as quickly as we can. And that's where we have the two levels of driver. So we have a response driver who is had a special driving course to drive at speed. And then you have uh, a Panda driver. Yeah. Uh, so Pandas is what people used to refer to our cars as. Uh, and they will be, uh, you know, they will be able to drive, obviously, and they would have passed a further driving test in the police. But, you know, you just make progress as fast as the speed limit allows. Hard. Have you... Uh... Have you ever uh, have you ever been in a situation like you were just saying? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you've gone into a burglary and you know that the burglar's still on site. Yes, I have. Yes. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh, and you just you know, I've been since uh, before I had a taser and since I've had a taser. Uh, depending on the, what you've been told about the burglary, you have mm -hmm. no idea what that person has. Yeah. So they might have just chanced their luck and it might be a homeless person just seeing an open window wants someone to sleep mm -hmm. for the night. Could be someone with a crowbar who's ready to, you know, do something. Could be someone with a knife who's prepared that if there's someone in there they can say, you know, give me the cash or whatever and I'll stab you. Yeah. So you're you're very wary of that. Yeah. Uh, of officers with tasers will probably lead the way mm. and they will draw their tasers and you will shout as you go into each room and each floor, yeah. you say officers with a taser, show yourself, basically. Um so the, before I had a taser, I wouldn't have necessarily been the first in, but I would have gone in, maybe drawn my baton or whatever, yeah. uh, just in preparation. I've been in first when I since I've had a taser, and it's just literally a case of you pull your taser out, you have it ready, not aimed like some kind of American cop movie, <laughs> but you have you have it in your hand so that you can use it if necessary. Wow. Um, have you? <laughs> you mentioned that you spend a lot of time in cars. Mm -hmm. uh, have you been in uh, do you remember your first high speed pursuit um my first well as you join the police it takes a while for you to become especially as a non-driver you're always an operator okay what, do, what does that mean as an operator well that just means you're you're not driving basically you're a passenger are you uh, like navigating and you will navigate uh, depending on because we have drivers on my team who've been working on that borough for many years so you know it's it's actually it sounds lazy, but it's a pleasure to be their operator because there's not going to be a street they don't know. They're, they've probably got um, better knowledge than yeah, taxi drivers. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, but yes, you have to... So, as a panda, because you have that hour, Grace, to get somewhere, yeah. it gives you time to learn how to direct people. Yeah. Because as I said, as a non-driver, I'll know the quickest way to get somewhere, but that's taken into account going down an alleyway yeah. or, or being able to walk 
on the pavement down a road that's actually one way for cars. Oh, okay. So it's just getting used to what's allowed. Um, and then as you, you know, as you show proficiency at that, you know, my, in my case, I think it's probably six or seven months. Um, you're allowed to operate for an IRV driver. An IRV, basically, that's the response drivers who take the I grades, because obviously they need to get somewhere very quickly. Yeah. Uh, and it's mostly because you start to learn the borough. My particular borough has maybe three, four main roads. Yeah. And as long as you know how to get to that main road, you're you're all right. So yeah, my first my first uh, response, I. I genuinely can't recall, but I think I know who it would have been with, with a guy who was a very, who's since left the job, but who's very, very good, very yeah. fast. Uh, I remember my first one on the hangover because I nearly vomited all over the car. Oh my but, God. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the first time you do it, the adrenaline, because mm. you are, you're, you're thrown around the car because they have to get there fast. Obviously you're on a seatbelt and everything like that. Um, but it's the adrenaline because you know that if you're going there at speed, yeah. there's a reason you have to be there. So it's going through your head depending on what the job is. Am I going to have to restrain someone? Am I going to have to give first aid? Is that what you're doing at the moment, thinking ahead yeah. of what's going to happen? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. your first first act is to get the driver there safely. Yeah. Uh, and the second act is what's going to happen. That's why you've got your computer there to see what's there. But the one thing I will say about fast drivers is that they are taught to drive fast. Yeah. But they are also taught to drive sensible. Yeah. So if it if it's a straight road and there's no traffic, then the foot pedals down. They have the skills to be able to drive at speed. But if it's full of traffic, you know, you you stop, you yeah. slow down. I think I, I always get the motto wrong. But that's because I'm not a driver. It's better to dri- It's better to arrive safe safely for yeah. yourself and to be able to deal than to ride like a nutter. Maybe cause. An accident to you or others yeah yeah so yeah at the same time you know as i said if you get a straight road you know the early hours of sunday or monday morning if you're doing a night shift and you've got to go along a stretch of an a road or yeah. something like that and there's nothing in front of you it's not a case of you know enjoying it go hey but it's like <laughs> foot can go down i need to get there as soon as possible yeah. So, yeah i think it would be more exciting for those of us who are kind of civilians watching it but for you it's just it's work and you're focused on the, yeah, the yeah. like an hour ahead yeah yeah um i think we mentioned we mentioned this before but uh the first time i think it whether it was your first day or first week you went to a suicide oh my, my first day oh was that your very my, first my, day my very first day i went to uh, uh sadly a man who'd uh, taken his life through uh, a lot of drugs a lot of uh, prescription drugs and a best part of a bottle of whiskey and as i said it was december he was in a park area uh and he died sadly um and my first job at half seven on that morning in december was to search the body wow so that was yeah that was uh, interesting so what was the purpose at that at that moment what to search the body yeah well obviously you know when you go into situations like that and you know we were actually talking about this briefly um you know people can commit murder but make it look like a suicide so you have to you have to scan the situation now in that case yet yeah, there was a gentleman there empty empty couple of i don't know what you call them the poppers for pills oh yeah what, uh, what blister packs blister packs that's it there were several empty blister packs there was a mostly gone bottle of whiskey or God. two um you search the body to see firstly if there's any other wounds yeah you know because you know, people have done that they've, they've you know not not in my experience personally, what people have done that where they've gone, oh, it's obviously a hanging, it's obviously a suicide. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when, when their body's lifted by the coroner, oh, there's three bullet holes in his back kind yeah. of thing. So, you know, you're searching. About, and also, you know, very nature of it, just to find out who the, the sad person is. You know? Yes. Because you have to, unfortunately, inform someone. Um, so is that a crime scene at that moment? It's not some... It's, it's a crime scene until proven otherwise. Okay. So if in that situation, once it's quite obvious that the man has sadly taken his own life, then it's no longer a crime scene. Yeah. Unfortunately, it was a park well known for people walking their dogs and oh, getting wow. through. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you have to try and be respectful, both of the person who's passed away, but also kids could be running through there to go to the playground and you're, oh. you're standing around a dead body. So, yeah. So, and then... Yeah, so it's not it's not so much a crime scene as in you're getting CSI yeah. London down, yeah. but you have to just keep people away from it for a certain amount yeah. of time. 
have you ever been on a drugs bust? <laughs> yes, I have been on a drugs warrant. Fantastic. Yeah, I have been on a drugs warrant. I, I helped organise one. But, well, when I say help, my, my colleague did the vast majority of the work. I think I just did a little bit of heavy footing. But, yeah, I have been. I have been in there where the door's been kicked out and you've got a safe full of money and drugs and the like. It's fun. Fantastic. Was, was it uh, as you'd imagine it to be? or uh, That particular one, no, because basically we... we kicked the door down and then the the old lady who lived there who was a bit of a drugs baron uh as soon as she saw us she was like yeah drugs are in there money's in there there's more drugs over there oh, and there was wow. a little part of me he's like oh, oh i want to be able to go look what i found and yet get you know get the flick knife out with a big bag of white powder and do the old dipping <laughs> i mean you don't you don't do that you really don't do, do that do you not but, rub it on your teeth to check and go yeah. oh this is high grade yeah that's high grade that's high grade <laughs> colombian no I guess with her, she's so used to kind of police turning up. She knows to go, if I just deal with this quickly, you can oh, F yeah. off. And Yeah, yeah. Wow. But, you know, you do a little bit of everything. It's, you know, doing the door's always fun. Um, what about... Uh, what about uh, protests? Oh, yes. I take a, What was the term you used for those before? Um, public order. Public order. Yeah, I am... Pu- well, you actually go through a, a separate level of training for public order training. So I have been public order trained for the best part of two years now so was you, that at Hendon as well no no it's in Gravesend oh okay so it's out in Kent it's they sort of do the the whole of I think they do London and a couple of other boroughs and it's literally a village it's like one of these military villages it's just built a bit built it's like, no, it's like blazing saddles it's just <gasps> the front of houses oh, um, I'm interested and you do you actually are, you're in full riot gear so you're in padding you've got uh, flame resistant overalls you've got a big shield you've got a helmet with a visor and you know, in the training, they throw petrol bombs at you. They throw bricks at you. Wow. They're training you to deal with it, a riot situation. Uh, so yeah, we're doing that for about the best part of two years. How did that feel to have br- bricks and petrol bombs thrown at you? It's weird because you're, you know, they train you how to deal with it. But yeah, the petrol bombs are very weird because you literally because everything you're given is flame resistant, uh. so you're not going to burn. But it's a it's a petrol bomb. So they will throw a they will throw a bottle of petrol at you, and as soon as it smashes, you are just alight for a couple of seconds, Fuck. and it's very surreal because you feel the heat, but yeah. you know you're not burning. It's yeah, shit. But uh, and and obviously they train you how to put it out as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, the nature of that is normally puts itself out because there's only a finite amount of petrol to burn. Okay. Oh wow. Uh, and, and what about bricks being thrown at you? That's almost they are wooden bricks, to be fair, but they're still they're still hefty. But you know, if you think about, it, you've got full padding on, yeah, you've got a helmet on, and it, tra- it teaches you to do you know not do stupid things like people who leave visors up or yes. or to bring their guard down. If you're on a public order event, if you're dealing with something like that, you have to be on your, your wits. Wow. But then again, a lot of these things are just sitting in a van waiting for something to happen. It's very rare you have something as big as the Tottenham riots or. Yeah. I think Tommy Robinson and his ilk of Neanderthals running around. Stephen London. Yaxley, whatever his real oh, name yeah, is. Oh, yeah, Stephen Yaxley, Lennon, Headley, Swedley, Farley. Oh. Yeah, he's very posh. Yeah, very posh. Uh, an arse of a man. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I've, I've, so I've been public order trained. So we go to things like uh, Extinction Rebellion have just had their two weeks of action. Um, so we deal with them. Uh, what, what, is, what is your role at that point when you're guarding a protest? Is that the word? You well, a protest is a you know a peaceful protest yeah. is a right. That's fine. So your job there is literally to to make sure that it stays peaceful, yeah. or to make sure that it doesn't break any laws like obstruction of the highway or something like that. Yes. Um, and, and obviously, you can legally protest and you can apply to the council to protest. Of course you can. Of course you can. Yeah. It's just if you take it too far. Yes. And then our job will be to to stop it going too far. Yeah. Mostly in that case, with something like it, so it'll be about dispersal, about just telling people you know we can't allow you in yeah. we know that what you're going to do is going to be illegal and it's about engaging and explaining with people mm-hmm. um you know the things like the tottenham riots or mm-hmm. many years ago as you sorry the the, the 2011 riots mm-hmm. and many things like you spoke about the tottenham riots yeah. and broadwater farm you know that's that's about stopping rioting stopping like looting and criminal damage and violence against people yeah uh touch wood uh i've i haven't been involved in anything too serious as yet uh, I think the closest I've had is being at the Stamford Bridge for the Champions League final last year and have a, a very drunk Chelsea fan who didn't realise how drunk he was try to kick me and fall over, which was actually quite funny. Classic but, Chelsea uh, fans. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> Knuckle draggers, one and all. <laughs> Surely they should all be arrested. Well, just for being Chelsea fans. Yeah, I wish. I, wish, I really do wish. <laughs> Um, you, you were. I, I hope you don't mind. You were telling me a story ages ago about, <laughs> and again, another old lady when you were at one of the protests. Yeah. I'm an old lady magnet. So we were. This is my borough. When, when you do public order, you will be sent to wherever in London is necessary. Um, but we was in this case, we were sent to Hyde Park to Speaker's Corner, and all these people. No, it was anti-vaxxers, the COVID deniers, and they were they were you know saying it was disgusting that we'd come down. But these people were. Not necessarily the anti-vaxxers, but there's people who jump on the bandwagon who just want to have a fight. Yeah. And these people were beating the merry hell out of colleagues of mine. And this woman just turned up with a camcorder and she stood in front of us. And we'd just been told to get off the van and we were all standing in a line and we thought we were going to go in to help our colleagues. And uh, she, she came out with the camcorder and went, oh, you police, why don't you fuck off? You think you're so special. You're nothing. You are nothing. Blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, our, our, our sergeant got in his earpiece going, right... They're not kicking up over here. They're going over the other side of the park. So everyone run back onto the van. We'll go. We'll drive around there. So she literally went, why don't you f- fuck off? And the minute she said that, we all ran away. <laughs> and she was well known as Twitter. She has a, like, a, a YouTube channel and all this. And all I remember is running back to the van thinking, it's going to look like she's just told oh. 10 six foot two burly males in full right gear to go and we've all just run away in a Benny Hill style it, all it needed was oh, classic been, oh, yeah, classic so. it's sod's law mm. um, uh, what has been the most surprising moment in your in your first year as a policeman oh god good question um, that I survived the year to be honest uh, demanding it was demanding it was tiring getting your head around shifts getting your head around paperwork um, just getting your head around. I mean, so yes, it's fun, and I've made true lifelong friends with these people. Um, we come from all walks of life, all different ages, mm. but you just you do become very, very family mm. because you see so much of each other, and you do have to look out for each other. So it's nice creating new bonds. Um, but yeah, I mean, we have a laugh as with any walk of life. Uh, you feel like you make a difference. You go to some awful things and i think getting your head around the fact that you do see the two extremes of people you see mm-hmm. angels and you see absolute scum and it's just trying to find a healthy level mm-hmm. um with it i know with, with the early extra miles you talked about mental health and things like that you have to look after yourself because you mm-hmm. do you do see see some shit so i think that was the most surprising thing the amount of times i'd you know i'd go home and go I'm not sure if I can switch off from there. Yeah, but you do, you do, because you get this, you get the support, and you, you're all in the same boat. You mm. do, you do make, you do. It's, I mean, there's people that I've worked with, I've known for four years, and I consider them to be some of my best friends. Great. Apart from Michael. Oof. Yeah, there's always one. Um, following on from that, um, have you ever had to give a death notice? Uh, yes, uh, I've never had to do it in person. Uh, but I have had the misfortune of doing it over the phone uh, unnecessarily. Uh, unfortunately, we found it was probably about the height of summer two years ago. We found a gentleman who passed away many, many months before. Um, and he had, we couldn't find any notes of it. Part of the things when you have something like that, when it's quite obviously an elderly mm. person, is that you will um, you will try and find next of kin details so you can arrange for someone to go and speak to them but couldn't find anything um all i could find was a little piece of school paper that had like the name of the gp name of the local pub blah 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 rang the gp no next to kin rang the pub only knew him as kind of whatever the gentleman's name was and then there was a set of names Mm -hmm. so i thought i'll ring these up i rang the first name i was sad he's gone oh and i just knew him from the pub and the irish center and stuff like that and then i rang about the third name it's like oh yeah uh, did you know so and so he went yeah that's dad you know so oh, I had to do that God. over the phone I mean it was an estranged family so it wasn't as bad as it could have been but yeah oh. yeah, it's not a nice experience uh, I've had many friends who've had to do it but you know it's part of the, it's, it's part of the job is it is it rewarding in a way to know that you've you've done something good for the family in yes. a way yeah. yeah yeah I think I think most of the things that we do have got a reward to them um it may not feel like it at the time, yeah. 
but you know, as long as long as you do the best job that you can, yeah, with the with the, the shitty situation that you're in, that's all you can ask. No, exactly, exactly. I think that's it. I think I think that kind of covers your first year as a policeman. Right. And in the in the next episode, we're going to go just your regular day as a copper. But before that, we need to finish these pints. Cheers, lovely. <laughs> oh, that Caffrey's is good. God bless it. God bless Caffrey's and God bless 1996. <laughs> and of course, Guinness. Uh, God, ble- God bless Guinness and all who's sailing there. <laughs> See you soon, folks. Bye now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. So, ladies and gentlemen, how was that? Did you enjoy it? Thank you to everyone who's given feedback for their previous episode. Um, exactly the same as the way I approached it. Everyone was kind of like, oh, I didn't know if I'd enjoy this. But actually, because I'd kind of prepped the questions not knowing the answers, uh, it kind of opened my eyes to kind of things I wouldn't normally ask a policeman. Do you know everyone would normally ask, uh, do you know, big questions about kicking down doors and things like that. Me, I thought if we just focus on the small details that everyone just takes for granted, we may get some interesting uh, uh, answers and questions. And I think we did. So, uh, yeah, that was part two. Though. So thank you to Paul for that. It was good fun. And yes, we enjoyed the beers. They were absolutely delicious. And there's more beer to follow. Don't forget, people, next week is part three. But before we get there... Let's dive into some quiz questions. Okay, there's 10 in total. I will give you the answers very shortly. So, question number one. Nice, easy one to start with. What was Paul drinking? Question two. Ooh, what was I drinking? Mmm, slightly harder one there. Uh, just going to open up this a little bit bigger. There we go. Uh, question number three. What nickname? What is the nickname? Come on, Michael, learn to read. Question number three. Uh, what nickname is the beat helmet given? So in this episode, Paul makes reference to his beat helmet as something. What is that nickname? Question number four. How long is a regular police shift? Hmm. Question five. What is on Paul's list of to-dos in terms of arrests? So he's got two kind of arrests that he wants to achieve. What are those? Question number six. What are the two grades of incidents police are called to? So two grades were mentioned earlier on. 
what are they? Question seven. I just, I don't know why I'm repeating that question in a different way. It's basically, it's a bit idiotic, isn't it? Uh, question seven. Uh, how long uh, do, how long do police have to respond to each type of incident? I almost, I almost just then, I almost just repeated that question just in a different way. Gonna have to stop doing, doing that. It's annoying, annoying, Michael. Uh, question eight. What type of case did Paul go on on his first day? I think, I think the reason is because I've got, I've badly written these questions. Uh, question nine. I called it a drug bust, but what is it actually called? Control yourself, Michael. Try not to rephrase the question. And question 10. I called it protests, but what is it actually called? Brilliant. Uh, I just want to say a big thank you to two Patreon subscribers, who people who've become new Patreon subscribers. So it's very much appreciated. Very much appreciated. Sorry, there's a little burpee just popped out then, which is a bit rude of me. Uh, thank you to the new Patreon subscribers who are Stacey Finnegan and Sheehan Lovett. I thank you. And of course, a thank you to Darren DeRosa for your very kind donation. That really is appreciated. Um, just to say, as of the day that I'm recording this, we're going to do the answers to the questions very shortly. But as of uh, today, as I'm recording this, it is the fourth anniversary of Murder Mile. Yay! Uh, I didn't, I would have planned something, but I I just didn't think about it. It was busy at the moment, lots going on. I, I just looked at my diary and thought, oh shit, it's the 30th of September. Uh, so yeah, thirtieth uh, of September, twenty seventeen. I launched Murder Mile. I did well. I launched the the walks about two years before that. But I'd made the decision to do the podcast as well, and that was my first episode. Uh, originally, I was going to put out an episode on the first of October, um, but uh, they walk among us. Uh, wonderful, wonderful British uh, true crime podcast. Uh, hugely successful. Would we're doing a meet and greet in London. Um, and I wanted to go and meet them because I was a big fan, still big fan of them there, of course. There's other true crime podcasters there. I think Adam from UK True Crime was meant to be there, but unfortunately he didn't turn up. So I think we replaced, yeah, we replaced him with a mask of uh, Alan Partridge. Oh, um, so that was a lovely day. Really good evening. But because I knew I was going to meet up with other true crime podcasters while, while I was there, I deliberately put out my episode a day early just so I could turn up there and they could say, oh, hello, are you a listener? And I could go, no, I'm a true crime podcaster. I had one episode. One. But you know what? We all start there. So I uh, just wanted to say a big thank you to everyone uh, for listening to and supporting Murder Mile over the years. It's been really fantastic. Um, your kind words and support and uh, has really helped. Obviously, as as we all know, do you know, there's been some ups and downs with Murder Mile. We've had some scary moments. Do you know, I almost shut it down once. Uh, but you know what? Even even with that, even with me almost shutting it down, it was actually the love and support of the listeners that really kept this going. So, do you know, if it wasn't for you guys, Murder Mile would have died two years ago. Two, yeah, two, maybe almost three years ago. Uh, but four years on, we're still going. God help us all. Oh, dear Lord. Uh, anyway... So, uh, thank you very much. So, yeah, that's why I did that little belt. Birch, birch, belt. Oh, I've gone all over the shop. Um, I did a little burp because uh, I've just had some cake. Oh, it's lovely. I had, a, I had an iced finger. Uh, what else did I have before that? Oh, I shoved a donut in my face. If you go onto uh, any of my social media accounts, you'll see me shoving a massive donut into my gob. Uh, so, that was good. Also, we've just come back from CrimeCon. Um, really exciting weekend. Really lovely. Uh, really was a chance to. There's lots of reallys there. Really, I didn't get to watch any of the shows because I was I was on uh, podcast row all day. Uh, but it was lovely to meet everyone to kind of finally miss, meet a lot of listeners and uh, uh, just to say hi to everyone. Everyone was really lovely and fantastic. We were we were kind of half ex- expecting you know everyone would be lovely, but then we get some real weirdos. Everyone was lovely. What's going on? Maybe I was lucky. Maybe just everyone who listens to murder mile is just lovely all round uh not all round as in all round oh dear oh michael uh but no it was great so thank you to everyone who turned up it was really lovely to have a just to have a chance to chat to you all do you know that was really nice uh thank you to everyone also who came to murder mile live um it was a last minute decision 
there was some space about a week before the org no a couple of weeks before the organizer said do you want to do a live recording and I was like yeah sod it so I did uh episode 16 the Richard Rhodes Henley the um Canadian masturbator episode so there's about 25 of us in the room I got everyone to the audience to do the music and some sound effects we did that and it was great fun because we got uh, I got 25 people in a room to all I said right now I need masturbation sounds and there's 25 people going so that was great fun I really enjoyed that so yep um uh crime con is happening next year I think it's the 11th and 12th of June uh you can get tickets now they're available if you use the offer code mile you get uh 10% off I will also give you some goodies as well as a way of th- uh, thanking you for turning up uh but me and the podcasters who were there uh we've already started talking and we've already decided that we want to make it a little bit bigger as in terms of uh what podcasters are going to do so we're going to put on some extra shows we're going to do some q and a's we're going to make it really immersive and exciting so yep next year's show is going to be fantastic Uh, you can come and meet us on podcast road but then come and listen to us doing stuff um i did a show with paul from uh true crime enthusiast called rippers a little bit of an interesting one slightly controversial that was kind of the idea we wanted to throw up the idea into that into the air and say rippers really isn't a topic uh you know we shouldn't really be calling murderers rippers it's too sensational you know uh we had a lot of fun uh so hopefully we're going to do some more of those in the future as well so it's it was really exciting time it was hectic um uh unfortunately i went out with most of the people i went out with uh true crime enthusiast lady justice uh, uh uh twisted britain night before there's quite a few there's a real uh, morbidology cr- uh, crime lapse were there there's oh god just uh, everyone everyone who was there we kind of all went out down the pub and then unfortunately we found a pub around the corner that was open till 3 a.m uh yeah so uh we did a lot of boozing and then i woke up in the morning and i was like ah oh, shit uh, so we boozed a lot, uh, so I was a little bit tired. But I have to say, or hopefully I'll re- be releasing the uh, Murder Mile Live episode hopefully soon when the uh, edit comes through. Um, but I have to say, it's one, one of the best recordings I've ever done in my life. I literally, I did it in 26 minutes. And normally a recording of that kind of an episode will take an hour and a half. Maybe it was just nerves having people there. Um, it was good. So yeah, uh, join us at CrimeCon next year. It'll be uh, a lot of fun. So let's do the answers to those uh, quiz questions, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, question number one. Right, get ready. What was Paul drinking? He was, of course, drinking a Guinness. He'd turned up that day, as I mentioned before, it was a nice hot day. I'd went down the shops, I got some ice. I got some Guinness Original, uh, cracked it open, big smile on his face. He was a happy bunny. Just to say, ladies and gentlemen, mostly ladies, but of course, you know, I haven't actually asked Paul this, so who knows? Uh, uh, Folks, uh, if you like the sound of uh, Police Constable Arsenal Guinness, oh man, he's going to hate me for saying this. He is currently a single man. So if there's any ladies listening who are like, oh, he sounds lovely. He is on the dating scene. So, uh, yeah, I'm in there. Serving officer, man in the uniform. Do you know, if you're a fan of the Guinness, you're a fan of, uh, do you know, Arsenal, you know. All I'm saying, all I'm saying, maybe we'll do a competition, a date, win a date with Police Constable Arsenal Guinness. Um, Guinness, get in touch with me, see if that's a feasible idea. (laughs) Right, question number two. Uh, What was I drinking? I was drinking Caffrey's. (gasps) Me and uh, PCAG, I can call him Paul here, that's fine, because we all know that. Uh, Literally, when when I, I... I, he cracked open his Guinness and he looked at my Caffrey's. He went, oh, Caffrey's. And both at the same time, I was like, I know. I went into the shops. They had, we haven't seen it served anywhere in years. I found it in one shop, got it called. It was delicious. It brought back the good old days. I used to go into this nice Irish pub just off Leicester Square. It's one of those fakey Irish pubs, but they do Caffrey's. Uh, and they do, they, uh, 
I can't remember the name. I quite like stouty things like that. There's one that's red. Not direct. Not directors. I'm sure it began with a D. Anyway, it was lovely. <gasps> used to drink that years ago. But Caffrey's. Oh, what a treat. I might treat myself tonight because it is my birthday, technically. Uh, I'm like the queen. I've got two birthdays. Uh, question number three. Uh, what nickname is the beat helmet given? So, of course, the beat helmet is the kind of the, the large conical uh, helmet that a police are meant to wear. Ooh, there's a giant boat going past. I don't know how it got past because there's a big work boat just up, up the canal, which is about 30 tonnes, a big steel thing, and it came loose. It's so big I couldn't pull it in, so I've no idea how they got past. Um, what is the name of the beat? What is What nickname? Oh, Michael, what nickname is the beat helmet given? Uh, Paul makes reference to it as the tit head. <laughs> I don't think that's official police lingo, but if you've watched things like The Young Ones, when Neil becomes a policeman, uh, like he goes around Warlock's house and Warlock goes, All right, Neil, come in, tear the tit off your head. <laughs> I like that, that episode of The Young Ones when Neil is... Uh, becomes a policeman uh episode episode four question four i haven't even started drinking yet uh question four how long is a regular police shift it is nine hours mm-hmm. uh question five what is on paul's list of to-dos in terms of arrests paul i'm hoping that you're getting all of these correct uh, Paul said that his uh, to-do is to arrest someone for either possession of a crossbow or a hovercraft. Do you know what? We didn't dive into those. I would have loved to have uh, asked the question, why, why are they so illegal? Uh, PCAG, maybe get in touch and uh, uh, let us all know and I could post it on social media. Um, hovercraft, interesting. Um, question six, what are the two grades of incidents police are called to? That is an I grade, which is uh, immediate, an S grade, which is standard. So, of course, uh, an S grade would be if I were to get mugged and fall fall over in the street and possibly shot. An I grade uh, would be if Eva has run out of cocktails or something like that. Do you know, that's the way it would be in, in, in my little world anyway. Uh, question seven. How long do police have to respond to each type of incident? So an I grade is 15 minutes uh, and an S grade is one hour. But as mentioned in the episode, uh, Paul did mention that in some boroughs, especially the ones where they're very underfunded and understaffed, uh, those numbers can change. Um, Question eight. What type of case did Paul go to on his first day? It was, of course, a suicide. Mm, That must have been quite, quite fascinating, but terrifying at the same time. Uh... Do you know, you're, you're faced with a dead body hanging from a tree. Horrible. Uh, question nine. Uh, I called it a drugs bust because I'm an idiot. Um, but what is it actually called? It's a drugs warrant. Uh, and question 10. I called it a protest. But what is it actually called? It is called a public order event. Well done, ladies and gentlemen. Hope that was good. Hope you all enjoyed that. Uh, don't forget, next week we have part three of uh, New Blue, uh, which we will be diving into. What is it, Michael? Oh, it's 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 his regular day. It's kind of questions about what really is a regular policeman's day. What do they do? How do, how what, what does their day consist of? Do you know, is it organised? Is it already predetermined? Is it kind of all emergencies? Do you know? Uh, interesting questions like that. So, um, hope you're all enjoying that. Um, after that, we're going to have 10 episodes uh, of Murder Mile, a regular Murder Mile episodes, uh, which will lead us up until Christmas Day, uh, just before Christmas. And then I will do a little, a little Christmas special on Christmas Day. Lovely. Anyway, hope you all enjoyed that. Uh, that was New Blue Part 2. Stay safe, lots of love, and I'll see you all soon. Bye-bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.